There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. My name is Dave Hanratty, and there will be no popcorn. This is episode 13 of the No Encore Movies and Music side project thingamajig that we do. No Encore is currently on hiatus, but it will return soon. I will have an update on that on the feed very, very shortly. But for now, myself and David Higgins are back. Dave, how are you? Not bad, man. How's it going? Good. Um, this is uh, this has been something we've been waiting for. It's kind of been hanging over us, so. Nice way to start the year. Yeah, and we've got a friend with us for company. It is from the Nile and Iron podcast and lots of other places too. Andrea Cleary, hello. Hi, guys. Welcome How along. are you? Uh, not bad, yeah. I think you were the only one who was brave enough to come with us to this thing. I was... Um, I didn't want to do this movie, but no. but I am. So, so this you is know, you, you didn't have to. You weren't contractually no, obliged. I thought you. I thought you just you put yourself forward for this. No, no. I I put a different movie forward, and Dave said no, but come to Cats, and I said okay. Okay, <laughs> we had but to I'm go, glad I did. We I had to go see Cats. It's, yeah. it's become a phenomenon ever since it was released, and was met with some of the most vicious critical reviews of recent times. It's on course to lose a hundred million dollars at the box office, and I'm quite sure it's gone from Irish cinemas as of today this it, recording I had a look today because I was uh, I was booking tickets to go see 1917 tomorrow and it was gone from one of the main multiplexes so you can probably bet your bottom dollar that it's pretty much gone 
Yeah, we went to see it in Cineworld and there was like surprising amount of people there, a uh, grand total including us of 23 people. You counted them all? I counted them all, yeah. Why not? It's, it's, it's a nice little stay-at-home it, game. It didn't stay 23 people the whole way. census outside. <laughs> yeah, people did walk out. Yeah, yeah, people did leave. Some people left, came back in. One of the girls in front of us was just kind of texting and on Instagram and it was the first time in my life that I've been in the cinema and just didn't care that she was doing that. I oh, I would have been totally fine with full audience participation of any kind. You yeah. Know, absolutely. If I had fucking sex in the front row, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, go for it lads it's fine no problem yeah I wouldn't have cared because nothing could have detracted from the nightmare that was in front of us now on this episode we will also be joined by Michael Fry internet sensation as he leaves Ireland out of shame having seen Cats uh, I had a little chat with him before we sat down here today so I'm going to throw to that but first I guess we'll get into what we've been watching shall we because you know we have a very busy festive period that's over thank god nice feedback on our best and worst of 2019 episode if you haven't heard that one go check it out uh, I watched some stuff I watched some things that you recommended Dave I watched Long Shot okay it's fine it's too long and I found Seth Rogen very annoying in it I'm going to try and make these like quick capsule reviews yeah. here I watched Alita Battle Angel okay not bad. A very, like a very pleasant surprise. It was movie. a pleasant surprise. It's still kind of all over the gaff. It's it's utter nonsense, but I um, I like that it kind of very much leans into how ridiculously weird it is, and the fact that you have um, like people who should really be doing better than this. Like, was Mahershal Ali was he locked into this before <laughs> becoming a two time Oscar winner? Because this is a movie that had been in development for like years and years and years. I was just like, was he just there? And it was like, can't get out of it. Got to do it. Yeah, I still recommend seeing it. It's not a great movie or anything, but I definitely was fine with it. I I spent a lot of time with it, you know, it was grand. Uh, I spent a lot of time watching the entire first season of The Witcher on Netflix. You watched all of it? I watched all eight episodes of The Witcher, yeah. Henry Cavill's The Witcher. It's okay. It looks really boring. It's got a lot of boring stuff in it yeah yeah um and it's like three different stories in one that don't fully converge into the last couple of episodes it's very complicated i consider myself someone who can generally keep up with what's going on but with this one fuck me no roadmap whatsoever i haven't read the books i played the witcher 3 game um i think henry cavill does i think he gives good Geralt. that's where i say that five times in a row <laughs> um and it's quite broad i don't think it fully works but by the end of the show i was like yeah i'll take another season of this which is handy because they've green litter for season two so there you go that, i spent my new year's watching the witcher kind of grim uh, apart from that i i watched a film dahi showed me a movie called victoria which is oh, from such a good film. you've seen it yeah so this is a two hour and 20 minute shot in a single take and no gimmickry it actually is done on a night in berlin about a woman who's in a nightclub and she meets these kind of drunken lads and from there things occur. I don't want to say any more because if you don't know anything about it, I didn't know anything about it apart from that. I didn't know the, the crux of it really, where it would go and it, I didn't, it didn't go where I thought it would go. Um, I had to take two breaks during it because I, I felt um, it's so visceral and so kind of, if you've ever had really like just nights out where where you're like oh this this night is just going places like weird places um it will definitely trigger you and yeah i found it really really tough to kind of watch all in one go but it's it's a masterpiece there was a there was a bizarre authenticity i mean i i I haven't had evenings that ended the way her evening does however there was just the even like the acting from the guys who were drunk and like four in the morning and like you know come to party with us whatever but like there was something in it where i was like 
I've had, you know, those walking in the streets at five in the morning yeah. as the sun's coming up thing and it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like, the parts of it are kind of nearly too real yeah. and that, those are the parts that I had to take. I don't know how they pulled it off. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's brilliantly done. I don't think it's a perfect film. Um, I had reservations about some aspects of it and actually having a conversation afterwards with Superfan Dahi, I was like, oh yeah, that actually is a very good point. The music from Niels Fram is phenomenal. The central performance from Leia Costa is brilliant. Um, just seek this film out and definitely go and see it. Uh, I returned, I gave John Wick Chapter 3 a second go. I liked it a lot more the second time. It is still too long. I do have fatigue at this stage. But this time, I think knowing, going in, knowing that I had those kind of things, I just enjoyed it much more. I was in the mood for it, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. And apart from that, I watched Vox Lux, which is a Natalie oh, Portman... Your, your your boy, Bradley... Or Brady, Brady, Brady Corbin? Brady... 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 Corbis? Brady Corbet, I believe. Corbet, yeah. Oh, so this me. is a guy, he was an actor, then he's since become an art house film director. He made a film called The Childhood of a Leader about two or three years ago, which I thought was very good. And then he made this film called Vox Lux. It didn't do very well commercially, and it has mixed reviews critically. It's about a pop star. Uh, it's called Vox Lux, a 21st century portrait. And it's about, uh, like, at the start of the film, there's a school shooting, which is fucking harrowing. Like, it's brilliantly done, but it's tough. And from there, a survivor of the school shooting basically becomes a pop star at a very young age. You follow her journey, and then halfway through the movie, uh, it ages up, and she becomes Natalie Portman. And that's when the film started to lose me a bit. I think the first half was very, very good. Second half didn't quite have as many ideas. Portman's acting is questionable. And the ending sequence isn't anywhere near as audacious as it thinks it is or I wanted it to be. But I would recommend it. I think it is good. It's shot very, very well. Scott Walker did the score. Did Sia do the... Sia did the songs. songs. And surprisingly, like they're not as good as you want them to be. And yeah. then you're like, oh, well, is, is this a critique? I don't think it is. Because I've seen interviews and they're all like, oh, she came in and she fucking nailed it. Um, it's worth seeing. Jude Law is very good in it as well. So there you go. And I guess finally, uh, Tony Scott, Denzel Washington, Double Bill. I was in my gaff. My housemate stuck on The Taking of Hell 1, 2, 3, the remake with John Travolta. Denzel Washington and I was like I'll watch 10 minutes of this and I watched the entire thing not a good film but no. strangely compelling uh, and I watched Unstoppable Tony Scott's final film because the Rewatchables podcast have Quentin Tarantino on about that one so I wanted to catch up and now I think I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch all of the Tony Scott Denzel Washington team ups I think so there you go I watched Unstoppable last night for the same reasons <laughs> and yeah um, I kind of do have a not even just fully the Tony Scott Denzel Re- going back and rewatching, I feel like I could just go through everything Tony Scott did. Um, what have I been watching? So my Christmas, I'm gonna I'm gonna have like a, qu- a quick little. I'll theme it, um, and maybe I'll ask uh, Dre these questions. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if, if you've heard of my recent revelations of being a softie now when I watch movies. Oh no, I don't know. If- well, well, once before. No tears could come from my eyes when I watched movies. Uh, after, they called him No Tears Higgins, yeah. <laughs> after a, a seasonal viewing of Carol, oh. uh, it kind of, it, it, it basically broke the dam and, and since, the since then open. anything is fair game. Did you love Carol? It's one of my favorite films. It's, it's incredible. It's just, yeah. Um, tears for days watching that, yeah. So my, my Christmas roundup, I'm just going to give you, do you think I cried at this movie? Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Right. I, I rewatched Carol. What do you think happened? I think he cried again. Christmas Christmas Eve morning. I was here baking some bread. It's like I'll throw Carol on again. Cried doing that. Um, Bridge of Spies. Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies about um, Rudolf Abel, the uh, the Russian spy, uh, is caught. 
He's defended by Tom Hanks, lovely, uh, virtuous. Um, I'm going to say, lawyer. I'm going to say that you did cry, but you ought not to have. Oh, I did not cry. Okay, damn uh, it. Okay, right, right. First man. Uh, no, you didn't cry. Oh, you are very, very wrong. What? I was going to say you ball like a fucking I baby. I put on first man on Stephen's day <laughs> in, in my parents' house uh, in the afternoon. Immediately, straight straight away, it like it it has a, an incredible score. Um, but it immediately, um, you know, it, this is no spoiler. But Neil Armstrong's daughter died when she was two, and there's a scene that got me straight off the bat. I was like, okay, here we go. We're, we're, I cried uh, when the rocket launched as they were going to the moon. Um, sad man watching first man. Yeah, what has happened uh, my, here? My mother came in and she she was watching it, so I was like, I was trying to hold it back. I was like, I was like. You know, I don't want to just be here bawling on Stephen's Day. So at one stage, uh, there there was a there was a scene, and it's it's a very like tactile movie. Um, they when they're inside the spaceships, it's like it's really really tight camera angle, sixty millimeter. The sound design is amazing. Like it's real. They really emphasize how rickety mm-hmm. like what they sent up into space was. So my mom was like, um, "Oh, geez, the, the the sound of that is like." It's like, it's very noisy. It's like an MRI machine. So then I was like, oh, well, you see, that's actually kind of uh, good that you noticed that because uh, it's actually a thematic thing because earlier in the movie, his daughter, who is ill, there's a scene where she has an MRI. <laughs> <laughs> Gone again. Dude, what has happened? Like, Lands like, on the moon. <laughs> oh, he's, well, okay. You know, Buzz Aldrin's having his bit where he's... Uh, He's like bouncing around again. It's glorious IMAX camera. And there's a moment where Neil Armstrong has a moment that calls back to earlier in the movie. Gone again. Um, so Jesus. Not only, did, like, not only did you cry at that film, you cried three times. It, one of which was due to something your mother said. Yes. Jesus. I mean, I'm very, I'm very happy about this development. But now, now I'm getting a bit concerned that you can't watch anything. Well, I, British Spies was fine. Uh, when Harry Met Sally? No. No cries. Mm. No. There was no crying. No, um, I don't think I had anything else that would have been a contender. Uh, like I rewatched uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Well, I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster. It is. It is uh, no, no tears. Um, a great, great, great rewatch. I hadn't watched it since the cinema. I think I agree with you. Now it's the best of the of the series. I saw it twice and in the cinema. Probably one of the best action films ever made. It's fabulous. Um, like, I'm on board for the next borderline two. flawless. Film. It's ridiculous. Like it's just it, it's it's a machine that just churns out gold so there you go anything else um apart from my christmas roundup i did see jojo rabbit uh taiko watiti's uh contentious world war ii dramedy um did you cry did not cry okay. um was quite bored by it oh really yeah and i like i like taiko watiti um i think you know, one of the things that is good about this movie is the is the kid who plays Jojo himself, Roman Griffin Davis. Like, he's very, very good with children. Going back to Boy and uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and the kids in this are great. You have uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, who was like amazing in uh, Leave No Trace a year or two ago. Um, the performances are all fairly decent. It's just like, you know, gnawingly twee. It's um, you know, I think Wes Anderson. I'm generally kind of Wes fine Anderson's with that. a beautiful life. And I'm right. sorry, life is beautiful, not a beautiful life. Um, doesn't really work. It doesn't. It's not harrowing enough. Um, okay. The jokes aren't really there. Uh, Rebel Wilson pops up. Is there? <laughs> is not great. And Sam Rockwell again is playing a Nazi, 
but kind of who might have a heart of gold and like <laughs> all the all, all the nazis in this like they're just like they're not that bad um like the the worst that you get is Stephen merchant as like a not really that medicine gestapo agent and it's just like it's totally bad uh taika as hitler himself is kind of obnoxious i'm seeing like some insane comparisons where people are like throwing out chaplin uh as a as a touch point for it and it's just like i don't get it um yeah just not not a fan did you watch anything of note over the festive run so I, i watched kind of pretty much what was on telly um all films that I'd seen before. Um, so I rewatched Ratatouille, which I think is one of my favorite films ever. I, just, I absolutely adore it. Um, and then your usual Sound of Music, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Christmas. You die hard, your Sound of Music. You die hard, your Sound of Music. You watched Home Alone 2, didn't you? Because you were messaging me during Home Alone 2. Yeah, I watched Home Alone 1 and 2. One on Christmas Eve, two on Christmas Day during dinner, because it's just me and my mom at home. We were like, yeah, we'll leave it on. And um, I maintain that it's, um, what's his name's, greatest performance in Jesse, any film ever. Petty's great, greatest performance like hands down uh, watched The Irishman recently um, it's not Petty's greatest performance <laughs> uh, that yeah I watched The Irishman that was good I really liked it I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the first time uh, New Year's Eve actually what's the verdict I loved it get I've the fuck absolutely in absolutely loved it two against um, one Higgins didn't love everything about it there's a lot I would have changed a lot I would have taken out but well, I think I'll take the there first was, answer uh, there was <laughs> There was um, there was more good in it than bad, and I thought particularly the final kind of act was very emotional. Particularly the final scene, actually, um, really, really did did I cry? Um, I know, yes, I, did. I know that you are a a, a a a cat lover. I would imagine anything to do with with the dog might have got you as well. Oh no! The, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, the, yeah. So oh yeah, was, I cried twice actually. There we mm, go. There you go. <laughs> Um, what else did I watch? I watched season two of You. Oh wow! Um, which was a whole thing. Um, it's I, I guess if if you've watched it, you know. If you haven't, you'll never understand. But it's it's the worst thing. Sorry, it's the second worst thing. I just remember what episode we're recording. Um, <laughs> and I'll defend my right to watch it, but please don't ask me to. That's okay. What I'll say about so before we uh, jump into my sit down, very important new, uh, interrogation, I suppose, with Michael Fry, I believe you've got a question for me based on this running order sheet that I can see in front of me. Oh, uh, my, you, my 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 virtue is on the line here. Have is you it? illegally watched any more screeners or cams of Oscar movies? No. I'm proud of you. You make big not. changes for David Hanratty in 2020. Dave, don't do that. Parasite in cinemas, February 7th, everybody. Buy your tickets. I'll be buying mine, even though I've already seen it. So Don't uh, do that. Uh, sometimes sometimes you got it, okay? Like, it's not my... Fo- Capitalism, guys, you know? Okay, mm. so, um, as noted, yes, a uh, popular internet funny man and good friend of the show, Michael Fry, managed to grab him before he uh, goes off to new life. I mean, like, he, he's making the jellical choice. He, like, he, like he's, he's quite literally going to the land of cats. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so uh, I grabbed him in a bar in Dublin uh, on a Friday afternoon where I was hopeful that it wasn't too loud. And uh, someone started drilling next to me as I was doing this. So I, I think they weren't doing so when we were talking. But you might hear some chatter in the background of the bar and you might hear some Maroon 5. So I do apologize for that. But please enjoy myself and my Michael having a chat about cats. Yeah. 
Can you please state your name for the record, sir? Uh, my name is Michael Fry. Um, <laughs> welcome to Cats Talk with me, Michael Katz. I better get that in there before we do anything else. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, why are you here today? I'm here to talk about one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had. Um, and that's not even including in a cinema. That's that's everything. It's Yeah. We're here to talk about the movie Cats. Where did you go see it? I saw it in Cineworld. So initially we were going to go to the lighthouse and realize it's not screening in the lighthouse for probably very obvious reasons. So, An astute uh, business decision, yeah. Yeah. So we went to, went to Cineworld and I think there was maybe 10 people in the whole theater. So I took a picture on uh, Instagram that all the seats in front of us were empty and people were like, are you at a private screening of Cats? And I was like, <laughs> no. So, so, I mean, like it is, it's, it's very easy to hyperbolically dunk on this movie. Everyone mm. did it from the get-go. Yeah. However, I personally felt extremely uncomfortable for the entire duration of the film. Can you take me through your experience? Yeah, so I, I'd heard bad things, but I was like, okay, I'm not going to shit all over it immediately because I do want to see the merits and something like this. So maybe people are being dramatic and it's very easy to kind of dunk on something. So I went in and it started and I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. I don't know what the problem is with everybody. Um, I was kind of not until maybe two hours after I'd seen the film where I it actually all hit me at once. And I was on the bus home. I got the bus home to Navin. And usually I listen to music on the bus home. But I actually couldn't. And I was sitting there being like, <laughs> am I going to cry? Like that kind of way. And that, like, it just... <laughs> It shocked me so much that I left my friend. We were like, "That was that was weird," um, but didn't couldn't really express why. And then afterwards, I was like, "Oh my god, that's exactly why." So, yeah, it's just like it kind of starts and it's okay, and then suddenly it gets a bit weird. Like once Rebel Wilson shows up, that's the kind of it's about that kind of level of weird for the rest of it. In that, like, there's like CGI cockroaches, there's like mice with children's faces, and they're really badly designed. Uh, Rebel Wilson herself, just like, there's this bit in it where she scratches her crotch, and it's kind of like, it's funny for a second, and then she keeps doing it, and it goes on for like far too long, and it's like, oh, okay, this is weird. Is she, she also unzips her own skin like a coat to reveal more, more. skin <laughs> underneath. I kind of like that, it's very like cartoony, you know, like say when Bugs Bunny takes off his bunny costume or something like that I don't know if you've ever seen that but like that kind of way I was like okay I'm I'm prepared to suspend disbelief for this bit I guess yeah you know? the suspension of disbelief is yeah. you, you can't no because nothing's ever explained no there's no I, like classic moment of by the way lads this is set in an alternate world they don't even do that you're just no. dropped in <laughs> but that's the thing I thought when it starts the uh, titular cat I don't know what her name is that's, that's not her name but it's not titular cat the cat, cat who is <laughs> Victoria ne- Victoria, yes, Victoria. Yes. Victoria is abandoned by her owners and I expected there to be some kind of element of humans in it and that is the only time the humans appear I think No, they, yeah, they go into human houses and they reference human beings Yeah. for me the big one was when she's in a gaff and there's a dog behind the door Yeah. and I'm like is this a normal dog yeah, it, it looks like. Or is this a dog man? An anthropomorphic dog. And I don't understand. I was expecting that to be, to be introduced and be like, I'm Doggity Dan, or so. I don't know what some stupid shit like that. But, but what really fucks it up, I think for me, that scene in the house is weird because it's hard to tell what size the cats are. They keep changing sizes. At any point. Yeah. As in, like, at, there's some points where they're like the size of a staircase stair, and then there's other times where they're the, the height of a bed. They can put rings on their arms like bangles which is smaller than a regular cat I think <laughs> so like there's just 
there's no sense of scale. It's like um, it's kind of like being in a nightmare or something. Not like nothing really makes sense. I remember seeing this YouTube video about Courage the Cowardly Dog and like the best villains and that. And there was one of them that was so disturbing. And the reason it was disturbing is because it was a 3D image in a 2D world. So it was something that just didn't belong there. And that's how Cats feels for most of it. In that like all the characters, there's no sense of how they fit at all into the world they're in but the world they're in is weird as well. Like. Well, I know I, I know it's a common thing, but I felt like I was legit... Like, this is a common kind of thing people say, but, like, yeah. I legitimately felt like I was watching, like, part five of a Netflix series or, like, the third film. I, like, like, like you've been dropped in in media res into this world with nothing to guide you. Yeah. Even though the, the thing is about being guided through a world. Like, it, it could be... Mm. I went with someone who said that she saw the musical in Canada... And I was like, oh, was it, was this faithful? And she goes, oh, well, if anything, there was more plot. I was like, what the fuck? Like, Cats is renowned for not having a plot and not having... Yeah. And, I, and I, I'd seen someone joke. They were like, this film is almost two hours of Cats introducing themselves. And I was like, I'm sure there's more to it. There isn't. Yeah, and that's what I was hoping for. You know, when she gets abandoned, I was like, okay, maybe there is a plot line here. And the, the, par- <laughs> the parents or whatever come back and be like, oh, I made a mistake. I just some weird shit like that. <laughs> but no. But that's the thing. You wouldn't have a movie version of, like, say, uh, Waiting for Godot, if you know what I mean, because it wouldn't make sense on, on screen. Sure. But you'd have a play version because you can look at that and it's, it has its merits as a performance. And that's what I got from Cats in that, like, it would be really impressive if you went to see it because there's dance routines and stuff like that. But they film everything so close to the Cats' It's faces. extremely uncomfortable, yeah. Like, the first shot of Jennifer Hudson's character, which I think is Glamour Cat. Grizabella. Grizabella. Um, but she's Glamour Cat like did, you get, sorry, did you get them all nicknames did you? they all have nicknames the first <laughs> song is like a five minute routine where they're like here's all our names and why you should use them and then they abandon that completely. <laughs> like, <laughs> so the first shot of Grisella I actually thought oh my god am I actually going to get through this because the camera kind of wobbles in this weird way and I actually felt a bit sick yeah, and I was like, I felt physically ill. Like that's the thing, and it was like uh, that was before I saw Idris Elba without his coat on. <laughs> it was just this kind of weird. He has abs. Oh, that that's another that's another whole thing. But like <laughs> that first bit with with her in it, and it's kind of shaken, and I felt just nauseous, like motion sickness, and I was like, maybe this is why people don't like it. And a couple of people did walk out after that, as in that's probably about twenty minutes in. It's about twenty minutes in, yeah, I think. Yeah. So. I went for a beer 20 minutes in. I was just like, I need some sustenance here. <laughs> so I missed. The only thing I really missed was I missed James Corden's introduction. I was terrified that I would miss Ian McKellen or Judy Dench. Oh, I yes. didn't want to miss them, but I took the gamble. <laughs> and I was just like, I think it was during whatever song. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bail now. And then I came back and James Corden was on the screen. And I, it was a living nightmare, man. Yeah, like, no, that one... You didn't miss anything because his whole thing is that he says he's fat in different ways over and over again. Isn't that Rebel Wilson's thing as well, though? That's the, they got a lot out of that. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and they, they kind of break the fourth wall a few times, only just to, to just to confirm to us that they are really fat and lazy, and that's kind of it. Like, that's <laughs> that's their whole function is to be like we're cats, and sometimes cats are fat, and I'm one of those cats. So and I love it. Yeah. So hang on. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you enjoy any of the songs? Um. Do you know what I didn't like the instrumentation of it in that it has this really tacky synth kind of sound and I expected for something like this we would have an orchestral soundtrack or something like that and I was like okay maybe that might be impressive yeah, but no we get your uh, like, get, get your John Williams in there yeah you know? do you know what I mean or Danny Elfman Hans Zimmer least. yeah <laughs> Hans Zimmer yeah Danny Elfman actually would be scarily perfect and also perfectly terrible for this one that would it would work but what we got instead was like erasure 
Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was just... It's vile, yeah. It's yeah. really like... Yeah, because like, Tom Hooper is like a very flat director. Like, And mm. I, kinda, I love that he started the decade by winning the Oscar for The King's Speech and is ending the decade in director jail for Cats. Great work, that mate. Is, yeah, that's it's brilliant. Yeah, he made Lee Miz as well. So he's a musical theatre kind of big screen guy. But yeah, he, as you say, films in close-up, flat world feels wrong. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the notion of kind of feeling kind of sick about it. Yeah, it's like there are some films that, that are designed. They have sequences within that are designed to physically make you sick. Like mm. there's Irreversible, that famous, her, like very extreme French film. There's an element in that film where like they're in a nightclub mm. and the music, the frequencies like, like that are used are yeah. designed to make you feel sick. Yeah. Uh, Cats is not designed to make you feel sick. But I no. was I, I, I was sitting there and I, I felt such genuine anxiety. I was basically having a panic attack for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. But the whole thing, it's 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 like just an hour and a half. How long is this film? It's been an hour 40, an hour 50, yeah. It feels like a four hours long and it's just like <laughs> a music video. Like there's no, there's nothing. There's nothing and it's just aesthetics and they're all really poorly and disgustingly animated. Like that kind of way. I felt embarrassed for people who were on a screen. They weren't like, it wasn't like you're mm. at a play and you're like, oh my God, this is, or, or like a, a bad comedy show where, yeah. where there's no barrier. You can see this physical person in front of you. This is a fucking screen in Dublin three weeks into the run. I'm sure Taylor Swift, Idris Elba, the mm. lot, the lot of them are all off doing cool Hollywood things. They're safe. They're okay. They're okay. But I was sitting there like scared for them. I was scared for the, the, the smaller actors in this and that like it kind of felt like you know when you go and see a pantomime and like Twink is like the, the guest in it right <laughs> or like some like ridiculous person who won the X Factor is like the guest in it and to them it's just a bit of fun that's who Jason Derulo is in this film that he's just decided <laughs> right I'm getting paid for this I've never done this before this is a bit of crack isn't it and that's, that's what he does he goes all out in it. I felt sorry for the main actors and actresses whose careers are probably destroyed after this well the main actor the, the aforementioned Victoria is played mm. by Francesca Hayward yeah. and she gets the introducing credit at the mm. end and I'm like might as well just fucking like yeah. introducing and <laughs> for one time only <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and retiring yeah no you, you gotta wonder what the knock on effect could be okay here's the big question 10 minutes into our chat who did you want to fuck Taylor Swift because she's the only cat with tits so <laughs> the rest of them Jesus Christ like it's so weird but see they all I, I don't know what version I saw because I know there's a version that's a bit more high res did Judy Dench have a wedding ring on at the end of it yes then that's the original that non was, yeah the non-patched version yeah I Judy saw that Dench's one as well. costume is the most half-assed thing I've ever seen in my life it's just like a large coat and it's, then she has like <laughs> Just, she's wearing a fur coat just a fur coat and then that's did she kill another cat and skin it and was wearing, wearing its skin presumably like, yeah you know, we just assume so yeah like it's, they are too, it's too sexy it's it's too like the idea that this is a I think it's a U rating I think it is yeah it's yeah. for kids right no it's not <laughs> but it's aimed at kids, kids. I think yeah, you, you could bring this, a kid to this film and then presumably go outside into the waiting arms of a police car yeah, that's I mean, was there to get you he should be taken away if you send, his, <laughs> you send a child to this what film what bringing a child to cats I'm so, like if it, like it's just nightmare feel. That's all because it, it feels it feels like you've had a nightmare when you leave it does yeah like genuinely like I didn't sleep right yeah no I'm the same I'm the same I just, it just felt like okay I'm after waking up and now I need to watch some like cartoon just to make me feel a bit better that's how I felt afterwards is that what you did I did I went I think I watched EastEnders or something when I got home like, like, <laughs> something a bit less grim like you know the Christmas special <laughs> so like in terms of your immediate takeaway like the bus home is a very harrowing image I, I feel like this stayed with you it has you're exactly. leaving the country as we know like you're oh yeah fle- you're, you're, you're fleeing <laughs> just to deal with this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know it's it's 
yeah. I mean, there, there were bits of it like that are of merit. I thought Railway Cat's kind of um, tap dancing sequence was very, very good and very impressive. And throughout that, I was kind of like, okay, maybe it'll pick up towards the end or whatever. But the ending for me was a bit that I was like, because I was just about done with this bullshit. And then it goes on for an, probably another 20 minutes in that like, okay, we've decided that, that Grisella or whatever her name is who constantly is snot streaming down her face by the way if you do watch it's it, an emotional performance from Jennifer Hudson she's crying but through her nose yeah like all the time but anyway she's leaving and then they're all kind of waving her off and I was like okay cool we're just going to cut to the sky and that's it but no we have a close up shot of Judy Dench like, <laughs> in her in your like it's so uncomfortable like the way I've described it's it so is close. like it's like you can smell her breath like that kind of way just kind of you know when a drunk person's talking to you and they're way too close it's like that but she's saying all this weird stuff like now you've watched cats you'll know all about cats and I was like I don't know anything about anything anymore I'm sorry like but she was like a cat is not a dog and I was like <laughs> And all the other cats start saying, a cat is not a dog. And I was like, oh, please, can we just let this end? But she does it for 20 minutes. And I'm like, if I ever see Judy Dench again in anything, I actually just, I don't think I'm able to do it now. Do you know what I mean? Like The thing of like, yeah, like I remember, I remember, I think, I think it was Craig who once said that like, do you remember that Metallica album that they did with Lou Reed? Mm. Lulu? This infamous piece of like <laughs> death art <laughs> that just failure on every fucking conceptual level. Yeah. Even though there are people out there who stand for the Lulu album for some reason. I mean, I think Craig said that like listening to the Metallica Lou Reed album was like being at a metal gig, but being followed around the metal gig by a drunk old man who kept <laughs> getting in your ear and shouting at you. That's what the Judy Dench thing is like, because yeah, she's like, she, dude, she's almost coming out of the fucking screen. All the time as well. It's not just that bit in the end, like they constantly zoom in on her face. So there's a bit where uh, Ian McKellen's singing and they pan in on Judy Dench for just too long. And it's like, what's... What's going on? And they all keep like, so they behave like cats. Sorry, is this like, when she's curled up in a basket like a, a cat? Yeah, with her leg in the air. And it's just a bit <laughs> weird. But uh, they they do this weird thing as well. Like I know they're supposed to behave like cats, but they start nuzzling each other. Yes, and it just gets a bit like this is uncomfortable. Is she gonna? Is is this the leader of this a sex cult or like what's happening? She's that leader kind? of a death cult because they basically kill the cat at the end. That's of it. what it is, and it's also like if they hated Idris Elba so much, why didn't they just get rid of him? Why didn't they just be like, yeah, you know what? If you want it so bad, fuck off, yeah, fuck off, and leave everyone alone. <laughs> like, you know, he's also a cat that can apparate at will. Yeah, I don't understand the magic or whatever. And this other guy who's like a two-bit kind of kids party entertainer is somehow able to do that as well. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. The physics of the cat universe. Is <laughs> I don't know what the takeaway is, like what the moral here is. So I guess, yeah, final thoughts on cats. Your general kind of feel. Are you glad you saw it? Yes. I think I, think I am just to have experienced <laughs> You have to think it, there. <laughs> in that I'm glad I've seen The Room and Battlefield Earth and Catwoman as well. In that, like, you have to have reference points for what is a good Well, what's a, a better movie. film, Catwoman or Cats? Catwoman. Catwoman? Yeah. Halle Berry's Catwoman? Yeah. Okay. I would, I would go with that. See, the thing is, like, with these actors, the reason they're all... You know, none of them kind of walked out. I think is because they've all such small roles that it doesn't really. You're not going to remember them for cats. You're not going to remember them for this, that, and the other. Mm. Jason Derulo is not an actor, so it doesn't matter. And Taylor Swift kind of wrote an okay song for it, so she'll be fine. She'll be okay. She'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. So they're okay to wash their hands of it, but so Judy nobody's really going to die soon. So Ditto Ian McKellen. Yeah, they need to do something else. This can't be the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can't, I can't handle, I can't handle reading obituaries on the BBC website saying, you know, final film of course was Gus. Uh, final role was Gus the Theatre Cat in Tom Hooper's Cats. Box oh office bombed. There's a bit where Ian McKellen, yeah. like. It leans into the camera and goes like meow 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 and I, I, that's where I could feel the blood 
beginning to just curdle in my fucking knees. And I was like, I'm stuck. I'm trapped. I can't, I, I can't get out of this. This is impossible. I think I'd love to see, like, you know, like, say they die this year and they do, like, the Oscars. And it's like, here's who we lost this year. And you just have, like, <laughs> Judy Dench in a costume, but really close into the camera. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So nobody's really responsible for this, but somebody should be held to account I would say but I'd love to see a documentary you know like with Fire Festival or a Troll 2 the movie I'd love to see someone do a documentary about how we ended up with this piece of trash like genuinely like, it's because it's so interesting to me how somebody could spend that much money because they've lost probably about a hundred million dollars on this. It was projected to lose a hundred million, yeah. And I think that may not include the additional editing and stuff. And oh my! It's God. an absolute mess. It also went out on the same day as Star Wars. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, do you wonder is that kind of tactical by Star Wars to be like, okay, because Star Wars was shite as well, horrendous, like, yeah. Now having seen Cats, I'm like, actually, do you know what? It wasn't that bad. I know. Yeah, last you time know? I saw you, we went to see Star Wars together. Yeah. So, and I saw Cats. After that, I think. What, what a week you had. What a week I had. <laughs> what an end of the year. Okay, so uh, final thoughts? Just like, like cats in one sentence. Uh, disturbing. <laughs> it will never leave me. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Michael. You're very, very welcome. I'll see you again. No. <laughs> So, there you go. That's That, that was Michael Fry, a very shaken man, and off he goes to a new life. Uh, we to have the heavy to, side layer. To the heavy side layer. We have to stay here, though, of course, and delve into this cat thing from our own perspective. Um, you heard the Rum Tum Tugger song earlier on, as I was introing that Michael Fry section. Um, that's that, that, that should give you a bit of a taste of this movie. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I, 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 I guess what I will say, which I've already kind of said, is that like, yes, it, it's almost performative now to have a hot take on cats. But I, I was with you guys. We were there, and I legitimately felt anxiety. I felt physical terror. I, I really felt uncomfortable. Uh, I think I put out a tweet where I said, I think stumbling upon aggressive amateur porn made by your parents would require less subsequent therapy. I, I really, I, I, I think I turned to you about 10 minutes in and I said, I hate this. And I, I really was like, I remember going to see at a festival once, right? Cullum and I were at a festival and we went to see some of the comedy acts and I went to see a comedian and it was a very bad performance by this comedian and the crowd were very rowdy and it was horrible and it was awful. And Cullum turned to me at one stage with, I've never seen such fear in a man's eyes. And he was like, can we please go? And I was like, I can't, I have to stay, I have to review it, I can't go. Cullen wanted to dig his hands into the earth in front of us and just find a way out. And that's how I felt during one hour and 45 minutes? I think it's even closer to two two hours. hours. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, take it away. Did it live up to what you wanted it to be, basically? Um, I I mean, I tried to go in with an open enough mind like i knew it was going to be bad but i did wonder was there you know you don't as you, as you said like we were kind of coming to it quite late and it had almost become like a you know who can who can dunk on cats the most creatively so i mean we we're kind of too late to do that so i was kind of like is there anything is there going to be anything in this and i agree with what you say um from the opening 10 to 15 minutes um that overture that brings it in it's like 
you know, kind of nightmare circus music um, as, you know, it, it opens on the moon and then there's cat's eyes uh, in a cloud and then it just, you know, goes down and you get like whatever the, the Jellicle Cats song that go, seems to go on for forever. Um, you kind of have the immediate shock of how terrible this film looks um and then it kind of just goes from there um yeah what do you how about you dre um in terms of first reactions first to reactions it yeah to it. i suppose i i i also tried to go in with an open mind um i really didn't want to hate it as much as i did you were a little scared that you might like it i was yeah yeah <laughs> i was i genuinely was um because some, sometimes it just I I get swept away in things. I don't I don't watch a whole lot of musicals and stuff, but it seems like when I do, I get all of the feelings that you can possibly get, and then it's over. Um, so I I wasn't familiar with Cats the musical at all. Um, I mean I knew Memory, but but that's it. I think same situation as as both of you. Like we'd never seen the mu- the stage musical or anything. So I knew Memory, but I actually didn't know it was from Cats. I oh, heard, right. I yeah. heard Memory reference so often that I guess, oh, it's clearly a beloved, well-known song. Yeah, yeah. And it only hit me halfway through. I was like, oh, that's what that is. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd know kind of, I was expecting um, a car crash. Like I was, I was expecting a disaster. So I think I was somewhat prepared for how terrible the Cats looked. But what shocked me was how ill I felt looking at them for that length of time. I think there's only so much you can get from the trailer where you're like, oh, you know, they've got real human hands. They all look terrible. This is going to be awful. But it's like when you have to watch a cat move through a scene that can last like three to ten minutes and consistently be a cat and consistently have that level of CG on them, it actually just makes you feel carsick after a while. Like I felt like the Jellicle cat, song is one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my entire life and you're right it does go on for at least 80 minutes like it just it does it does not end and then they do a key change and there's more of it and it's, it's so it's, stressful the Spotify version anyway is 4 minutes and 49 seconds That's long. so long it's longer than that in the movie it has to yeah, be yeah it has to be longer than that in the movie I couldn't get over it yeah because there was a point where I, I, I was like wait 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 wait. this is still the same song yeah. I, I thought they'd like split into something no they haven't it's unbearable and it it starts the film but it's so annoying because they spent so much time like just ignoring the rules of musicals and of musical theater like surely that song should have come back in a couple of refrains later in the film or at the end when Big Dutes is summing up what the Big Dutes <laughs> when she's summing up what the mor- moral of the story is. Like, please clarify who this person is. Um, uh, Deuteronomy, old Deuteronomy, <laughs> played, played by, by Judy Dench, Judy Dench in the most Dame the Judy most Dench. nightmare of nightmare fuels in yeah. this movie. Like, but it's like they just they just threw all rules of musical theater out. There is no refrains. Nothing comes back. There's no... I mean, I guess we'll talk about the plot at some stage, but like... Will we? <laughs> Did you find one? We can try it. It, it will be a pretty brief conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the history of this thing? We know it's a big musical. How did it come to the screen? And also, surely... It, I mean, I know there's been other versions, but like, why now? Why this big fucking razzmatazz version? Yeah, so um, it's based on Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1981 musical, which is, is itself was based on T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Um, 
it when it was first released on broadway it like wasn't critically well received which is completely understandable because it is garbage um but it was very very successful it's credited as kind of being a mega musical which is essentially the kind of uh the blockbuster of uh, musical theatre world. So it kind of opened the doorway for Andrew Lloyd Webber to do even more obnoxiously uh, self-indulgent things like Starlight Express, which is just like, what about a musical, but on roller skates? <laughs> and, you know, his Phantom of the Opera. Um, so I think there's arguments to be made for Phantom of the Opera, but that's that's a different conversation. I think. Well, more, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not dragging Phantom of the Opera. More just like the scale of it and sure, stuff like sorry, you know yes, the, yeah. the Lion King and yeah. even like Wicked now and you know to an extent Hamilton. Um, so there there is a previous movie version, but it's basically just a, the stage show filmed. Um, but for a while, they were looking to make an animated version of this uh, back in the. It was like the the early nineties, um, under like Steven Spielberg's animation arm of Amblin, and the guys who wrote Toy Story were apparently working on it. There was a Tom Stoppard uh, script for a while, and they were working on that. It didn't really go anywhere and kind of lay dormant. And then in two thousand and thirteen, uh, Les Mis came out and was like a monster hit. Uh, Tom Hooper director of this also director of lame is it became like a massive massive smash uh for universal who owned the right to cats so they're kind of starting to see that we've got tom hooper we have cats we've had a great success with this um maybe this could be an idea so um yeah they they went to tom hooper and they said that we want to make cats he'd apparently loved it since he saw it as a child which is strange to me i would imagine <laughs> Yeah. It would be a very traumatic experience <laughs> because I, I, in 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 the live show of Cats, and none of us have been to it. My, I I missed out on going to see Cats. Uh, I remember my sister and my mother went to see Cats uh, when it was on here, and I instead was brought to the cinema by my dear old father to see Suburban Commando starring Hulk Hogan <laughs> and The Undertaker. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but the thing about the, the the live show of Cats is that all the members come into the crowd and they'll like touch you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's very, very full on. So we should probably say now that all the cats in this film are extremely horny. Yeah. And, and I think if that, they if that are was... in the stage show as well. Like they're very, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's, it would be hard for any uh, human to try and do feline gestures and not look like they're horny or randy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, oh, yeah, so you're saying the cats are inherently like, the the animal, like like not just the movie, but cats in general. Their are, movements, according to you, their, their movements. They're very uh, live. Is it? Yes. I I think in in this post cat woman as a cat owner, <laughs> as a cat owner, and you know as a woman, um, in this post cat woman world, you can't not equate feline movements with. Um, Sexuality when, when it's done by a human. We're talking Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. Any here? Catwoman, right? Particularly, I I, I yeah. watched uh, Batman Returns just before Christmas, and you know, not to derail things, but how in the name of God, like number one, this is a kids' film. Don't bring your kids to see Cats. Don't, how don't. how was Batman Returns a kids' film? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like Freudian sex nightmare. The movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's also the one where he um, doesn't he. I think I've referenced this before, but like, doesn't Batman in that film strap a bomb to a clown and kick the clown down a sewer? Yeah, and then it explodes. Oh no, that, that was the Dark Knight. No, no, no it's Batman <laughs> Returns. Uh, okay. well, 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 it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that was a joke. Sorry, sorry. Like, I, like this is my this is my like this is my nineties brain like locked locked in. But You'll doesn't have Danny DeVito biting a man's nose off? Yeah, blood everywhere. <laughs> but doesn't that happen? Doesn't he like fucking yeah. like? like is, is that the film that has poison ivy in it? No, that's. Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, okay. that was my first Batman film. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and last, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one well, this was, well, this was my first anthropomorphic cat movie, and I don't want another one. So, yeah, I mean, like, <sighs> Tom Hooper's a very bad director, I think, in general. He gets a bad rep. Do you think I'm, so? Like, he's... I thought he's, he did a good he's job He's a pretty Lewis. unimaginative director. He's very workmanlike. <coughs> he, um... He definitely isn't deserving of his uh, Tom Hooper, you know, best director award that he has, <laughs> and his nominate. He's two nominations, one win. Um, he's he's fine. He he is okay when he's operating in the likes of the King's Speech or the Damned United, where he's kind of grey rooms. Yeah, he's the custodian of Britishness, Britishness on you know cinema. Uh, that's totally fine. But for something like this, which is like big. And kind of needs a, you know, a Baz Luhrmann flair to it to kind of embrace how ridiculous Cats is. <laughs> he doesn't have it and he doesn't have scope at all. Uh, he's Everything very, feels... very big on close-ups. Oh, my God. Like, if you think about the King's it's Speech. It's fucking insane what, in this movie. What, what's the kind of the main image, you know, of the King's Speech? It's like, it's obviously King George, you know, stammering. But, like, the way he films those scenes, it's just mega close-up not even on his face just on his mouth like that's kind of Tom Hooper's thing and he's like that's where the emotion is you know it's coming out of the mouth that's all I'll film and he kind of does it here uh, completely misses the scope of you know some pretty enormous sets that was built for this film I think that's what annoyed me most about this film is that he he got away with directing Les Mis because Les Mis is a, mus- is a musical uh, drama not in the same way that Cats or anything else is in that there's no kind of dance pieces the the big pieces that are done you just kind of need a wide shot for them and it's fine you know like One Day More and and, 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 um, do you hear the people saying it's like it's not as if you need to show a lot of people moving in unison but Cats and if you think about like what makes musicals work on cinema so well like The Sound of Music or Mary Poppins. It's these dance numbers that you're watching and you're in awe looking at them and saying like, oh my God, these people are so talented. It's the reason why The Great Showman didn't work for me because um, it was the same. It was way too many cuts around and I couldn't see the people dancing. And it, it was just kind of so annoying that they have... Like everybody in Cats can sing, they can dance and they can act. Like the cast is insane. Like it's bizarre how he would choose to just like not showcase that they can do anything at all like I was watching some of the behind the scene thing things of them and they were you know practicing their dance pieces and uh just practicing the kind of general performances everyone looked fantastic they were hitting their marks they were they looked absolutely brilliant and then you just put the weird cg along with cutting away from them like I mean didn't he have like a middle shot and a close-up in a tap number? Come on! <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's like the one time we need to be looking at did you, a wide shot here. Did you watch like, the uh, cast, cast go to cat school? I did. It was horrendous. Let's try and get some audio of that. 
how do we become a cat? Cat school was pretty wild. You know, it was a classroom on set. We, you know, practiced embodying a cat. We practiced mannerisms. And you kind of, you know, get all those, uh, those little tidbits and you implement what you see fit for your particular character. Their bodies don't work the same as ours functionally, so it was really interesting to figure out what we had to do in order to create, like the shoulder blades, they're not attached to their body, and mm. it kind of informed everything, the way their spine moves. There's so much in the shoulders. They're very uh, stimulus-led, so if they hear something, they'll hear it first before they, you know, it's yes. so trying to kind of have the sense. Okay, so I haven't watched this because I refuse to watch this. The cats go to cat school. I can't do it. I can't, like, <laughs> I, I, I can't bring myself, so... Can you just explain the experience of sitting down to the entire video of that? I mean, it's it's a pretty short one, but it it basically amounts to they crawl around a lot. They they kind a of lot of it is in the shoulder their, movement. Yeah, so cats <coughs> cats' shoulder blades aren't connected with their like body. Really, they sort of move independently as they as they walk. If you think of like Scar in the Lion King, the way his so they're trying to, I guess do that but they're human they seem, yeah it's, it's, that's the weird thing they seem to want to be really fastidious to this idea of that but but they walk on their hind legs the whole time they are the very like at the start they're on all fours a lot but then they're pretty much just standing up for the rest of the movie yeah. it signifies character growth I think you'll find <laughs> oh, God. okay so plot wise we've kind of danced around it there's not much of one it's not this is the kind of film right where and like I'm always saying man I hate these movies that fucking explain everything and shout at you in the back row and show you a flashback sequence I would have liked a minute of explanation for exactly it. with this film if ever a film needed needed the fucking scroll mm-hmm. it was this give me the scroll give me Morgan Freeman's voice over a scroll at the start of the movie that is like in an alternative universe in since time in memoriam like, like give me something it's not an alternative universe though but I don't see like that's not even clear because in well, this it, 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 at the start there is one human character who throws or, no there's a human hand we've no guarantee that that's a human, human legs driving like, what looked like a human car human car sure yeah. dumping the main cat I suppose Victoria played now, by newcomer Francesca Hayward traditionally when you put a cat in a bag do you not throw the bag in the river yes not in this like, universe. I mean, not me personally. Sorry, yeah. I answered that way too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you usually do it then? Sorry. I mean, you know, a lot of the, the, there's, there's scenes in this movie on the Thames. Traditionally, I would have thought that that would have been your go-to. But this person just throws Victoria onto the scrap heap, essentially. Yeah. And then that's, we never see another human being again. And there is a sequence in which uh, two cats, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser take Victoria into a human's house and for some kind of roustabout fun. So they're in a human gaff. Human bed, human knives and forks and chairs and tables. Human dog. <laughs> the human dog. See, we don't see the dog, but it's a very Tom and Jerry situation where there's like this dog threat behind a door and they're trying to close the door. And I'm like, wait, hang on. So that dog is like a real dog. It's like mm. a dog. And he's barking. But He's not talking. Why are the cats like cat-human hybrids? And the mice and the cockroaches all have human faces. Is it because that they are... Not just cats, they are jellical cats. But is this also meant no, to be... No, no, because the mice the mice can sing and dance and have human faces. But is, it, is this also meant to be a thing where it's like when the human beings go to sleep, these creatures So this occur? is where my theory that, that they accidentally... Because they're not fucking running around like, you know, the lake district no, so during they, the day. What happened here was they accidentally <coughs> ad- um, adopted T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland instead of... And I'll, and I'll tell you why, right? So the wasteland deals with shifting speakers on themes of war, desolation, death, trauma, and 
it's in this kind of physical and emotional post-war landscape, right? So where are the humans? This is what I'm thinking. Part of the poem is set in a wealthy woman's bedroom, right? As well as the Thames and as well as the sea, right? There are just moments throughout this that is like completely wasteland set. Um, and death by water is a theme like throughout the wasteland. Old Dutes nearly gets like walked down the plank and like, so going to the, what's heaven called? What's that called? The heavy side layer. The heavy side layer. It's like, so there seems to be um, like good death and bad death in this film. Like if you're go- being thrown into the Thames or if you drown, it's bad death. If you go to the heavy side layer, it's good death. These are all things that are discussed in the wasteland. They just adopted the wrong Elliot. And I think as an, ad- like, as an adaptation of the wasteland, it kind of works. Oh, wow. You're going to bat for cats here. No, I'm not. No, because they didn't mean it to work. And, and I, I guess I'm just trying to find something in it. But Structurally, this film, like someone made this joke about like, oh, it's like it's just cats introducing themselves for the entire movie. But that is literally what it is. So new character shows up, does a song, goes away. Might come back again. The background is pretty much out of it. It turns out that these cats are basically like in this kind of weird cult thing. The word jellical is used all the time. I have no idea what it means. I don't really want to know. Um one cat every year is chosen to be reincarnated, essentially. Idris Elba's cat, McCavity, he wants to win the prize, so he oh, kidnaps... he's a bad cat. He's a bad man. Um, and he's a bad man who gets his own introduction song, courtesy of Taylor Swift, which sounds a bit like this. McCavity, McCavity, there's no one like McCavity. He's broken every human law. Breaks the law of gravity His powers of levitation Would make a fake hysteria But when they reach the scene of crime McCavity's not there McCavity's a ginger cat He's very tall and thin You would know him Was Taylor Swift raunchy enough for you? No, she was terrible Um, I know that you... Took a little. Uh, I, I mean, listen. Like, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not willing to deal. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to really uh, acknowledge fully my uh, reaction to the Taylor Swift sex cat. But what was the first question you asked us when we left the screen? Who would you fuck? <laughs> well, answer the question then. I said for me it was a tie between Taylor Swift cat and Ray Winstone as Grail Oh my god, I forgot he was in the film. How did you forget that Ray Winstone as a cat man, Grail Tiger, no less. Um, Well, you got a crush on Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah, well, oh well, never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. And I assume it's Ian McKellen for you, is it? I said that I would not have sex with any of these cats. (laughs) But I I wouldn't say no to a rum tum tugger. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so yes, that's Idris Elba's big uh, song. He's evil. He's hamming it up. I suppose everyone Bad is song. really not a great song. Yeah, it's yeah. and like it's supposed to be like it's a big kind of you know it's supposed to be like a burlesque number. Yeah, burlesque, isn't it? burlesque like, big showy number. I don't think where Taylor everyone Swift gets drugged is, is able to to pull it off at all. No, she doesn't have the voice enough. No, for doesn't it. have the voice. She cannot dance. Um, <laughs> She also says that McCavity is a ginger cat. He clearly not. is not a ginger cat. Yeah. He is... Can we talk about... If we're going to talk about McCavity. So McCavity, for most of the movie, is wearing like a fur coat. Which, again, can we talk about why some of these cats 
seem to be wearing other cats. So like so, some of the cat, like the costuming in it is completely all over the place. I think with um, Mr. Mistopheles, it makes sense because he's a magician cat. So he has he, a little He outfit. is wearing Fine. kind of... That's human clothes, yeah. much like but Skimble he, Shanks. He, the, the he very much cat. could have been dressed up by his because he mentions in his song that he has a family, so he could have had a little cute little cat outfit from his family. Fine. Rebel Wilson twice zips off her own skin uh, to reveal an outfit underneath. That happens two times. Yeah, um, that's bizarre. Um, and then both Judy Dench and um, uh, Rum Tum. No, what's his name? I don't know any of the cats. McCavity. McCavity, sorry. Chris also, also has fur, yeah. yeah. So they're like Buffalo Bills going around. <laughs> Just skin and cats Whose down the alleyways. But yeah, but sorry, like paint the picture of McCavity pre and after what he does. Because he's wearing like a He's wearing, he's a wearing hat, like a, wearing a very coat. a very kind of like He looks like a fucking detective in like in, in the thirties, you know? He looks like he's a bit like he's like, Is he wearing like a thrillby hat as well. Yeah, yeah. But then later on, he he takes off his coat, and while like you know clearly everyone in this uh, movie was wearing mocap, and then they added their um, digital fur technology, whatever that is. We'll get um, to that in just a second. Idris Elba's character just looks like he's uh, Idris Elba naked, yeah. a naked Kendall Idris Elba with a tail it's is essentially weird. what he looks like and whiskers. It's very very and distracting. He's, he's like way shinier. <coughs> than all the other cats too so you kind of have to stare at them it's I just I never really thought that I because I've I've quite a crush on Idris Elba and I never thought that I'd like be watching him on a screen and just thinking like oh god no 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 please stop it was too much stop everything you. you're doing yeah it was like genuinely horrific when he took it off like had he been naked the whole time fine but like he just he like he disrobed oh, and shocking, then he was yeah. naked it was shocking I was like what the fuck again so movie weird. for kids not for kids, but aimed at kids. So hang on, you mentioned digital fur technology. Who, want, who wants a bit of a lesson in that, <laughs> yes, eh? Yes, please. Let's have a quick lesson. The scale of this film is huge. Three or four times bigger for the cat perspective. It's a massive undertaking. A kind of Alice in Wonderland experience. Tom's pairing them with a kind of level of technology which I don't think has ever been used before. We've used digital fur technology to create the most perfect covering of fur these are people but they're cats and this is kind of blowing my mind there is nothing else like it this is a moment for you to step into a world that's completely designed to entertain you i just was like really excited and so honored to get to be a part of this this film is an event Mr. Higgins, I believe you got into feelings about this one. I still don't really know what digital fur technology is. Like, I mean, is it, uh, you know, it's just CGI, but not very good CGI. Like, I, I remember, was it like the original, like, Monsters, Inc. and like Sully? And they were like, oh, we did it really well. And then they that was improved, amazing. Yeah. They yeah. improved it for um, Monsters University. And like, I know um, um, apes don't have fur necessarily they have hair but like were we not already at a place where we were pretty good at it like in, in you know all those planet of the eight movies and now they're saying oh no we've we've done something truly groundbreaking no not at all it's it's terrible looking um, it looks unfinished the cgi in this movie is at, at points some of the worst i've ever seen um you <laughs> met you mentioned earlier um rebel wilson Maybe we could talk about her song. Um, mm. 
she has a song she is uh, uh, what's her name Jenny Any Dots the Gumby Cat who's this kind of like house cat who's just seems to like hang around and do nothing but has ideas of I don't know being an entertainer notions or being yeah she's got notions mate she does yeah um, the second song in the movie I think yeah, yeah. and like they like talk, talk about like ramping up the fucking mania nightmare yeah. <laughs> So it's, she, it's the 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 mice in that give me nightmares. So so the mice. So one of the things that you can clearly tell about this movie, like Tom Hooper was saying that he finished his original cut thirty six hours before the premiere. Then obviously it was released into cinemas, and like the VFX shots weren't even finished. So he was working on it after the premiere. After it was still it had been released. They sent another version, which has never, ever, ever happened. Patched like a video game. Tom, it's like Tom Hooper is the life of Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag release the Hooper cut. Um, That's not the cut that we saw. We saw the one that wasn't. Yeah, so, so apparently yeah. One, of, one of the giveaways is that you see um, Old Deuteronomy. You see Judy Dench's wedding ring. Mm-hmm. I saw a wedding ring. I, I did too. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At the end, twice. I, I, I was looking for it. I knew to look for it. Yeah. And, and I was like, ah, was. Cine Roll Dublin, screen 15, didn't get the <laughs> patched update. Fair no. enough. So anyway, just to talk about the mice. So mm. Jenny Anilots has has a big a big number. Uh, Rebel Wilson cannot sing. Um, mm. And there are these, these mice... But you can tell that they, they clearly focused far more attention on getting um, the CG for the primary characters. So, like, Old Deuteronomy, it's scary looking, but it actually it melds okay. Uh, Grisabella does not at all at times. It, it, it looks like, you know, what it looked like in the trailer, if not even worse. But the mice, the mice look like, do you remember, everyone obviously remembers uh, the video for Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that, he worked with the same director again a couple of times and they did a music video for Steam. And instead of like kind of all the stop motion that they did in Sledgehammer, they tried to do something that was like as colorful as like jarring um, things happening every second. But they were using computer uh, generated imagery for it. And it was about the time that, like, the original Lawnmower Man came out. Mm. So it's awful. Like, you could probably create a better video on your phone. But that's what the mice look like. That's what the yeah. cockroaches look like. I, like, have not seen something so badly rendered. Their scale was scary, too, because, like, the scale of the film, they, they built these, like, massive, massive sets so that, like, when, when the cats are, like, dancing around a table or whatever... Um, they look, I guess, cat-sized. And then I think that goes out the window as soon as you... Like, the, the mice, for me, is a turning point of the film where there's no there's no hope left after that because the cats are then... Like, the world is kind of scaled back down to the cats and they're interacting with things in a normal way. But then the mice are the size of, like, like the, the inner part of the cat's... Um, I was going to say paw, hand. Like, and... So they're they're way 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 too small. They've got little human faces, which actually reminded me of the you know the "Where's Your Head At" music video, like that. Yeah. With the with the monkeys and that, which actually scarred me a lot as a child. Uh, the mice are the same size as the cockroaches, um, and I don't know if that's more terrifying if the mice were real size or the cockroaches were. Uh, the cockroaches have faces. Rebel Wilson just like plucks them and eats them because there's no moral kind of standing in this world it doesn't go like dogs cats mice cockroaches 
if you have a human face on an animal in this story, I'm going to assume that they're supposed to have a complex inner life. And she's just like plucking cockroaches uh, like while uh, she like trains them to sing and dance. And it's that's the point of the film that it, it just for me, I lost any and all hope. But specifically with the CG on the mice's face, I was like, that is the laziest thing I've ever seen. It's in my last life. days of Rome. I'll like, tell you someone who's got a complicated inner life. This guy. Of the holes in the gallery once gave me seven cat balls. But my grandest creation, as I love to tell, was fire from the field of the Then if someone will give me a twofold option, I will tell how I once played a party. That's Gus the Theatre Cat, as played oh. by Ian McKellen. Now, I will say this, right? Apart from meowing into the camera, which really upset me, and a bit that I forgot about, there's a shot of him licking milk out of a fucking bowl at one stage. I, it, and it looked like a dirty bowl. <laughs> it, you know, it, it was... It was, you know, the, what's the name of the, it's the Egyptian, is the theatre, isn't it? I think so, it is, yes, it's it backstage, is. and it's like, musty looking, and everything looks like, in bits, and there's this dirty bowl there with a he's bit of milk, and well he's, he's having that. Poor Gus. <laughs> so when Ian McKellen's Gus shows up, I mean, he he's enough of a thesp, you know, to be able to play this role in his sleep. It's very obvious that he's been overlooked over the years to be reincarnated. I don't know why these cats want to die and be reincarnated. I don't get it. And get this quote-unquote new life. Well, uh, they, they never really say why. This goes back why. to my wasteland thing. This is like, well, the, this is like the vanishing. They, where it's they, like, do you want to know how she died? Yeah, I'll show you. They, like, they only say that Bustopher Jones wants to be reincarnated. That's so James he can Corden, be, by the way. So he can be skinny again, so he can get fat again. That's James Corden, by the way. I went to the bathroom, and I, I, and I went to get a beer, uh, which would be my third beer of, of the viewing. And I turned to you, and I was like, hey, uh, I really don't want to miss Judy Dench and or Ian McKellen intro, because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an intro song, and then we might never see them again. Mm. And I think it was during the Red Wilson song, and you're like, I think you're okay now. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And I came back in, and James Corden was fucking... Eating out of a trash can. Yep. And I sat down and Higgs tapped me on the shoulder and went, that's Buster for Jones. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know what that means. These words that you're just saying at me. Ian McKellen at least shows up and you get the sense of a character. You get the sense of a character. You get the sense of an actual fucking character. He should have won the dying at the end. He does his song. He and would I, have had my vote. Well, he had, he's in a song as uh, Judy Dench is flexing those leg muscles curled up for some reason I think they have a relationship in the past that's all I got have, from yeah, it that's a bit of a vibe and she was definitely uh, the, the alpha in that relationship oh I hell think. yeah but like but she, her character was always originally played by a man in the oh is that in, right yeah, yeah she's, okay. uh, she's the, like the first kind of in a big production of it the first time that a woman has played it oh okay um, but like it's pretty cool ultimately he lost me halfway through his song because the song was just too fucking long. I was just like, Jesus Christ. I was like, this was, you had me and now I'm gone. It's, it's good because his song starts kind of maudlin and he's talking about like his joints hurting and being forgotten. But then it like turns into this like jaunty bop and it's just like, no. I listened back to the song. I listened back to the, the whole, all of the songs from today. And his song, I was like, this, I think this is probably this and the new one that Taylor Swift wrote. 
uh, are the only two acceptable performances, I think. Um, yeah, I, do, I, I don't like the bit when it goes poppy, but he's just... Ian McKellen can't not exude talent and charm, so he kind of gets away with this. Yeah, he does. Also, he wears a, he wears a tweed jacket. Just just to go back to the, the jacket conversation earlier, he was wearing a tweed jacket in the film. Don't know where he got the tweed jacket, but, you know, theatre. So he's progressive as opposed to these other cats. Who I are, don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, like, he, like, he's good. He's got a certain presence, even if I kept waiting for him to be like, uh, where are the <laughs> it's like, where are the future Charles not them like I was just like when's he gonna do it like come on please um, yeah and it goes on so by the end of it like I've already uh, had this conversation with Michael Fry but like Judy Dench breaking the fourth wall addressing the audience for approximately 11 minutes I hated that so fucking much. hell what a choice a cat is not a dog what a way to end a film Judy Dench going alright he's alright in there now now here's a big massive speech about nothing with but, this white sky background. Trafalgar it Square, isn't it? Trafalgar Square, that's empty. Yeah. yeah it's, like 20, know, it's like 28 days later. No like. one's going to work. It is the wasteland. Like, they're in purgatory. And that's why they're all trying to die. So that they can actually ascend to heaven. Like, that world is... It's ended. You're giving... like you, This is a very complex reading of a film that I don't think deserves it. I think I if, if I don't hold on to this... I lose everything. You got nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> I have to find something to cling on to in this film. So, who emerges from this film with like who, whose whose career isn't over? Basically, uh, Francesca Howard's yeah. isn't over. No, no. I mean, like she, um, obviously, her film debut. She is, you know, a ballet dancer. She doesn't um, do a whole she, lot of acting in it. I guess she just kind of like looks. Surprised. No, she looks. She her dancing is really really good. Excellent, Unfortunately, yeah. it is. You know chopped up by tom hooper it kind of like it's 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 the problem of um you know i guess filming a dance sequence is much like being able to film an action sequence um you know you have to choreograph your camera as well if mm. your camera has to move with people it has to go where the performer's going at the very least just do a nice wide shot and then you can kind of get around it but um i think she's good in it um, her singing's not great but i don't think she's a singer and uh, traditionally i don't think Victoria sings in the in the musical. She, no. she's given. Um, I think she's an entirely ghosts. new character. No, no, no. It's she. Oh, it's, is she it's one, it? one of the primary uh, characters, but um, yeah, she's given beautiful ghosts, and she's given a few other bits. I think she's fine in it. Um, just embarrassed herself. Um, okay, well, who embarrasses themselves? I will say this, and I never thought in a million years I would say this. I thought James Corden was actually fine. He he was yeah. fine. Yeah, he understood what fucking film he was in. James Corden was grand. Yeah. He was fine. Yeah, like, which, which I, stunned me. See, I think I giggled once or twice at his song, my, even though it was basically just like I like eating stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like to me, it's like no no one person, maybe with the exception of Jason Derulo, came out like comes out of this with a ruined career because you can just tell by looking at it that on the day they gave a really really good performance. It's not. It's the script and the songs and the CG and the direction and the editing that lets this film down. Not even, like, the central performances don't come close to being the worst things about this film. Like, the, they're, all, they're all fine. They're all absolutely grand. Taylor Swift, fine. She wrote a really, really good song for it. Um, the Beautiful Ghost song is, like, probably the best song in it. And it wasn't even in the original um, collection of songs from Weber like it's a very very good addition and it actually is one of the moments where we're actually offered a bit of plot with it, like in a song um, Jason Derulo was, was uh, rubbish though he was really rubbish <laughs> didn't even say his own name like you know yeah 
Whereas I, I really, really, I, I, he was, he was I, I think his with song is so just, much. but I just, I just find the whole production of that song and him doing it just so cynical and I can't get it out of my head it was him just like waterboarding other cats with milk that was but fucking it was insane just, it, it was shot specifically so that they could put it in the trailer it's so cynical I hate it that I was the most, hate it that image though sorry of like cats who are underneath a milk dispenser and it's like raining down them like a waterfall into their mouths <laughs> sorry more the dentist chair the, the Paul gas going <laughs> <laughs> it was the most perverse thing I had seen in that movie I was like Jesus Christ this character is a fucking deviant I don't know that, that dirty dish though <laughs> yeah, Ian McKellen bad. going for it. Like, um, uh, yeah, I think Tom Hooper's career should be over basically at this yeah. stage, but everyone else would probably be okay. Uh, yeah, I think Tom Hooper's going to be fine. I think just because he made so much money with, like, The King's Speech made like nearly half a billion dollars. They, so did Les Mis. They bumped He'll Wicked okay. for this. They, bu- they bumped their Wicked adaptation, which they're bringing out on the same date in either this year or in 2021. Is he doing it? Don't know. I think it's Ariana Grande in the lead. I don't think it's Tom Hooper. Uh, I have faith in her. I don't believe it is because he was you, also you, you directing a couple of episodes of his Dark Materials. Which apparently is not a good show. Oh, it's excellent. Is it good? Yeah, don't listen to anybody. Yeah, wow. it's excellent. Tom Hooper, Sorry, there you go. I, I should have said that at the so, beginning. That makes you a Tom Hooper well, fan. T- well, Tom Hooper, I'm, I'm fine with him. He just shouldn't direct musicals. He doesn't know what he's doing. Or if he does direct musicals, like sad musicals like Les Mis, where there's no dance numbers. So I guess, apart from that very elegant wasteland... Um, I guess projection. I'm I'm gonna write something cohesive but this about could, that, but this, and this, I will. But this could ruin you. I, I I fear for your for your mental health. <laughs> I'll post it on my personal blog yeah. when I make it. Seven thousand word medium post. <laughs> In defense of cats. Could this be a midnight movie? Is the question. I think it could. I can see the circle playing this. It it already so far. So like the, the Alamo Draft House in America has a rowdy screening of it, which is I think they encourage. Uh, hoots and hollers um, I think the Prince Charles in London is doing a Jellicle ball whatever that is for it someone so, gets sacrificed at the end of it basically yeah pretty much yeah um, so yeah I think I think it you know if the, if the room can which is you know there, there's nothing really redeeming about that film at all if that can get it like this song like there, there, there's, there's a base for cats like people have gone to the musical clearly there are people out there who like the musical whether they like this adaptation or not, they would probably be okay. Hopefully not going in cosplay to it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question. Uh, my answer is no. Andrea, will you watch this film ever again? I, I think once more I will watch it. Whoa. Yeah. Because I'm... And I, I walked out of it thinking I, I've no interest in ever seeing that again. I'm going to leave it where it is. But the more I think about it, the, the more questions I have I, I, I'm finding it hard to believe that a film this bad got a release so I'm, I'm like may, maybe there's something I missed maybe there's something in the plot that so you're going to follow the money sense. on this one yeah I, th- I think I, I need to follow the money I think <laughs> it probably goes all the way to the top leave it with me but um, I would go to a, a, a fun screening thing of it though I think that'd be gas yeah a few drinks lovely I will never watch this film again. <laughs> Although I have to say, like we've we've done some bad movies on this podcast already, and while this is terrible, it's interesting anyway. Like I, I find I find this uh, level of a spectacular failure of a film, uh, a studio putting so much money behind what seems like 
you know, on paper, a dreadful idea. Like, I'm pretty sure a, an animated version of this would be okay, but like... See, the thing is, Weber went to um, T.S. Eliot's widow um, to ask permission back when he was first doing the... first writing the musical. And she said that... T.S. Eliot always said that if it was ever going to be adopted, he didn't want it to be be like pussycats and he didn't want it to be um, like uh, cartoons or anything like that. So I think it always had to be people. It always had to be people. People. But I would have just preferred if they just had the costumes like, like, the like on the, the stage, stage show. show yeah. Fine. Um, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief f- uh, for that. I, but I can't do it with the weird fur. No. And I'm, I'm like, I'm curious. Will will like you said? Will there be a Hooper cut? Will they? Will they let him tinker with it a little bit? Like it, they, no, they honest, fucking won't. I kind They've of feel, lost so much money. I kind of feel like they also possibly did him a little dirty as well. Like they, you know, movies get the 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 get, the, the release dates get pushed all the time. If there are issues with it, if there needs to be reshoots, if they uh, screen tested for people, it doesn't seem like they did it with this because <laughs> he was clearly so up against it yeah. in, in terms of the VFX. So in that sense, I like I feel bad for him because like I do the, too. The, he he was probably forced to release something he didn't really want to, and it, like that that sucks. Like the studio is like, well, we can't really release this in January. It's not really summer. Like Christmas makes sense for. Uh, Universal had lofty ambitions of it being an Oscar film, so they had to get it out before the end of it the was, year. Sorry, yeah, it was, it was removed from yes. there to be for yeah. a four-year consideration. Which is amazing. Which he was, is, like, they officially said, actually, no, you know what? We we, we won't be in, in the running. It's the okay. fanatic is still for your consideration, <laughs> but Cats is not. I'll say this, right? Listen, you made some fairly human points about the man. Fair enough. But if I'm working in that fucking studio, unless Tom Hooper has installed a fucking cat flap into that editing suite... Burn it down. Yeah. Shut that door closed. Don't open it for a hundred years. Stephen Daldry will be directing Wicked, by the way, who has previously made such exciting uh, romps as The Errors, The Reader, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, and the one that would qualify him, Billy Elliot. So that's coming in December 21, 2021. Is, is Lee Hall, who who wrote Billy Elliot and also wrote Cats, is he involved <laughs> with Wicked? No, I also think wrote Rocket Man. So this know. is a horrible Venn diagram that I just. I, I don't think it's being, be it's, been, it's being written by the, the musical's creators, I believe. So. Okay. There we go. And I've heard Ariana Grande is rumoured to be the lead role. She makes absolute complete sense for that because she can sing. Okay. (laughs) Well, speaking of bad movies and musical related things and things that don't make a lot of sense, our next film for No Popcorn is... Everything that they want. Complete domination over the artist. There's always been a serious distrust between an artist and their record label. The music industry was set up to take advantage of artists who don't really care about the money. Unfortunately, there's a lot of fallout still with bands getting paid. They basically told us to shut up and go make another album. And it's not even the fight to beat somebody, it's the fight for what's right, what's fair. You gotta guide me here. I'm, I'm in over my head. I don't know what to do. They deserve the disaster that they're in the middle of. Ah! The struggle. That's right. It's 30 Seconds to Mars documentary Artifact. I've seen this film about four or five times. Are you excited, David Higgins? Um, I'm not because I have managed to exist 
for nearly 35 years on earth without really hearing any of their songs oh you're gonna dive all the way in i think i think the only song i know of theirs was on guitar hero back in the day uh it was terrible so the idea that i'm going to be spending a lot of time with this band and with jared leto is not something i'm very excited about but Clearly, there's something in it if you've watched it four or five times. Listen, there's, it's two films in one. It's a real House of Leaves of... Uh, <laughs> Don't you dare! Of, of, of the music documentary world. Uh, so until then, Andrea Cleary, thank you very much for coming Thank on. you so much for having me, and I'll never forgive you for making me do this. We will get to the film that you suggested at some point. We'll thank keep that you. a mystery for now. Thank you. And thank you as well. You've, you've suffered through. You're still, you're still a bit sick. Still a little bit sick. But I'll, bit. Be, I'll be fighting fit for Jared Leto's Artifact. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. We'll get that one out soon, hopefully. And uh, yeah, that's no popcorn for for this one. This is Cats. Don't go and see it. You can't go and see it. Don't buy the Blu-ray. And to close us out, a bit of Rum Tum Tugger again. Why not? That's right. My name is Dave Hanratty. Are finished with memory? No. No, Mr. Mistopheles. No, it's it's Rum Tum Tugger, okay? I can't believe we're arguing about which song He's a curious cat. And I'm closing off the show. Goodbye. Bye. I'd rather have grouse If you put me in a house I would much prefer a flat If you put me in a flat Then I'd rather have a house Set me on a mouse Then I only want to ride Set me on a rat Then I'd rather chase a mouse The Rumpton-Togger is a curious cat And originally cool for me to shout For he will do as he Anything about who wow, who wow, wow, dear. No. The Rum Tum Tugger is a terrible bore. When you let me in, then I wanna go out. I'm always on the wrong side of every door. As soon as I get home, then I'm about to get a bar. If I can't get out This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network Enjoy Thanks The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work But it smells way too good So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... 
it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.